Welcome back to Health in Motion. We are your hosts. I'm Evie. And I'm Alexis. And we are excited to dive into today's topic. Before we do, we want to share our progress from last health challenge. So as we've mentioned, we record these a week in advance. So we will be talking about the health challenge from two weeks ago, which was to try a new exercise for the week. So Alexis, what did you try? So this is so funny because I, before we started, we asked each other, oh, what was your exercise? And we basically did the same thing, <laughs> which is hilarious. We didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, but I actually tried a YouTube yoga with Adrian video. So I struggle a lot with more of the parasympathetic type movement. I love, love, love to walk, but it's challenging this time of year because it's so cold outside. Yeah. Um, I just don't love being out in the 20 degree weather. So I tried a yoga video and I really liked it. Um, I know we were talking to, she did a 30 day challenge and I had some patients who had done that and we had talked about it and she's so cute with her dog, Benji. And it was just, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's so funny because Alexis said that she had patients that were doing it and I have clients who are doing it. So that's how I even heard about it. So it's so funny how these things end up coming together in that way. So loved it. So we loved knowing what you guys have tried. Hopefully you enjoyed that challenge and were able to find something that you enjoy and maybe could make part of your routine. So to get started, we have a very special guest for today's episode who is joining us from California, and I know this conversation will be so helpful for everyone. Our guest today is Torea Rodriguez, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and mindset master. Torea was actually my FDN while I was working through some health issues, and I fell in love with her coaching style and perspective on what health really means. She has such a great and caring way of working with people and truly understands what it means to be a health coach. One thing that really made an impact on me was her mindset coaching. So in my sessions with her, she really, really helped me identify some mindset blocks that I was experiencing when it came to my health. And I've gained great tools to help me overcome those since working with her. So I knew I wanted her on the podcast because she can truly help so many people with her mindset coaching and she can help you make the shifts you need to truly see progress. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome my friend, mentor and coach Terea. Hi, everybody. Super glad to be here, you guys. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. So, Terea, as you know, we start each episode with breathwork. Would you be willing to lead today's breathwork exercise? Absolutely. So, um, Alexis, you mentioned parasympathetic Mm -hmm. earlier, and um, I like this one because it helps our body retrain the nervous system to switch between sympathetic and parasympathetic. And something I didn't know is that breathing through one of our nostrils versus the other can trigger those different sides of the nervous system. Now, I have long since forgotten which side is which, but it really kind of doesn't matter. So the way that I describe this, since I don't have a video to show you, I'm going to try and get really um, descriptive here, is I will make my hand into like a hang loose um, like gesture, right? So my pinky is out and my thumb is out. And then I place my thumb next to my right nostril because I'm using my right hand. And what I'll do is I'll alternate the breathing and then we're going to switch and put the pinky on the other nostril. So I'll do a full inhale and exhale on one and then switch to the other. You guys ready to try it together? Yes. Okay. So we're going to use our thumb first and we'll close it on one of the nostrils and sound really funny. 
And then we'll do an inhale in and an exhale out, the same nostril. And then switch. And typically what you would do is you would use that same switching back and forth for each breath and you can do it for however long you want. My recommendation is somewhere between five and 10 minutes if you really need a full reset or it can be just as simple as doing three breaths on one and three breaths on the other if you need a quick reset. So that's my breath work. I love that. Thank you so much. I have not done that consistently, but I'm definitely going to try that because it's so simple, like you said, and just the few ones that I did, I felt like, wow, this could really help in the middle of a stressful day or just doing something different. So absolutely for that. There is so much I want to pick your brain about, but I have been over the months I have known you. But for today's focus, we're just going to focus in and go over what your mindset coaching looks like. So like I mentioned, as an FDN, you do a lot more. You do a lot of functional medicine testing um, and looking at different labs and helping people with that stuff. But you also place a big emphasis on mindset coaching, which I've learned is just so impactful. So, and as you know, I came to you with big mindset blocks in terms of my autoimmune disease, my ability to heal and how I truly view my health. And you've helped me work through that. And I'm so thankful to you for that and know that everyone else listening can benefit from your work too. So can you first start by telling us about your journey of how you got to where you are today and what your coaching practice looks like? Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My journey definitely is... I guess an interesting one in that I wasn't doing any science before I got involved in this. In fact, I was, um, my previous career to this, I was flying as a professional pilot and I was flying for charter company and, um, some private families here in the Bay area. And, you know, what ended up happening was I, um, had some issues with some fatigue, you know, went into a routine exam and we discovered that the TSH was off. And then that got recommended to an endocrinologist who found autoimmune Hashimoto's and, um, it was particularly hard to treat. We couldn't get it into a place where it was stable and short story of it all is we tried and tried and tried with different medications he kind of finally threw his hands up and said, you know what, I don't know what else to do next except for irradiate the thyroid and cut out the rest of the tissue, of which I said, um, no. Wow. <laughs> We're not going to go that extreme. Yeah. Um, and that's really when I turned towards natural medicine and, and looking at functional medicine as a way to heal. And my journey was a little bit longer than most. It was definitely a harder one to get through. But while I was doing that, I fell into my love of biochemistry, which was my undergraduate degree. And um, bless his heart, my first practitioner, I kept bugging him for all the different PubMed articles that supported what it was (laughs) that he was teaching me. And can he point me in the direction of the science on this and that? And which pathway was this? And he, bless his heart, he gave me all those things. And I really fell in love with it all get all over again. And this time, because it had a practical application, it wasn't research. It was to really heal the body and understand what it took. Um, and so that's when I started searching for a some kind of certification program to get me to a place where I could help other women with this. And that's when I discovered FDN. And through my Um, process of becoming an FDN and, you know, starting to work with clients, I found that there were 
elements missing. Like we couldn't just apply the science and the the lab results and the supplements and get the same results, even if they were doing the lifestyle changes. And and I was like, what is the missing piece? You know, where where is this? So I decided to take some coaching training and, and get trained on being a coach as opposed to an instructor, which is a very different thing. And um, when I started learning coaching techniques, I started learning about mindset and really started to understand, oh, there are these things that we do as humans with our thoughts, emotions, and habits and beliefs that literally stop us in our tracks, but we don't see it usually unless we have a coach, just like a, a coach in the gym or an athletic coach, that coach sees you from a different perspective and knows what your potential is, but you can't see it yourself. So you need that coach to help you with that. And that's exactly what, you know, health coaching kind of does is help illuminate what is this mindset piece that's stopping them, even if they're applying all of the right things and not getting results, usually it's somewhere in the mind. And so we need to address that. So that's kind of how I got here. I love it. Thank you so much. And as you're talking and explaining what coaching is, and it's so true and that that's exactly what you do, because yes, there were things that when we did, you know, my lab testing, we saw, okay, we can definitely do this to work on the pathogens. We can do this to work on that. But and I'm, I like to say that I'm a pretty good client. I definitely am disciplined and I will do those things, but it's that mindset that I know was blocking me from really making true progress. And it's something that I still work on today. So, and you've had a huge impact on that. Thank so you. with, with mindset, tell me like, why is this so important? Like you went into, it's important because it's a blockage, but what else can we say of why is this important for everybody? And how does this actually um, apply to our everyday life? That's a really loaded question. You know that, right? <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um, you know, what I've started to really learn and when I, I went into a whole different avenue of PubMed, I started looking in the uh, psychological areas instead of just straight biochemistry. And what I've realized is that so much of our mindset is tied into emotions. It's tied into mm -hmm. our thoughts. It's tied into our beliefs. But even more, we're starting to learn in the broad uh, scientific community, we are really starting to learn that these emotions and thoughts and beliefs also signal chemical messengers in the body. So they're all intertwined, right? Um, and so it, it really is mind, body, soul type healing because everything is, is related as we know in the body. So the endocrine system, you can't affect the thyroid without affecting the sex hormones, without affecting, you know, the, the cortisol, like all of that's interrelated. It's also interrelated on the emotions that we feel. And those can trigger chemical messengers in the body and can also interact with our nervous system. So it's important to understand what our mindset is doing, because if our mindset is triggering our nervous system into a sympathetic state and we're in this stressful fight or flight or freeze state all the time, then it's going to be really hard to activate that parasympathetic healing side of it too. So that's when I discovered that, oh, this mindset stuff is really important because sometimes that is the key to start activating that parasympathetic nervous system so that the body can access its healing capability. I love that. And it's funny, and Evie knows this, I use that a lot in my practice, um, just talking with my patients 
as a physical therapist, when we have pain and we have these issues where we just can't seem to quite get over it, even though we're trying all the traditional things that we would do, sometimes it is stress or mindset that's blocking the healing, you know, in that physical capacity as well from a PT standpoint. So I love all of that. I think it's so applicable in all areas of health. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I want to say too, is when I was working with Terea, that's when I first started seeing you Mm -hmm. as my PT. And so I was taking both of the information from you and applying it. And I was trying to say, okay, Terea recommends this. How can we do this? And then I tell her, okay, Alexis did this. So how does that impact what we do? So it was cool to have that collaborative team that you were both trying to address the same thing, just different modalities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So Terea, can you tell us a little bit more about what mindset coaching looks like from, you know, the client perspective? You know, I think it's going to be different um, for every, every coach is going to have a unique way of doing mindset coaching. Um, From a client perspective, you know, when I am working with a mindset coach that's been trained very similarly, um, and oftentimes in training, we coach each other, you know, to practice different techniques and that kind of thing. But, you know, it, it is almost as if I'm working with that athletic coach, but in really examining what's going on in my mind. And so, you know, I will say this often to my clients just to remind them, but somewhere it's documented, we pretty much have somewhere in the range of 80,000 thoughts in a day, which is quite a stream of thoughts, you know, so there's, you know, some of those are very logical and decision-based oriented. Some of those are emotional. Some of those are um, thinking about the future, thinking about the past. But if we slow down that thought stream enough to become aware of some of those thoughts that we're having, that is the experience of being a client to a mindset coach is really putting that spotlight on what are those thoughts that are centered around a particular action? So for example, um, I had a client recently who knew that she, she knew all of the reasons why it was important to go out on a walk in the morning and, you know, get that good sunlight and all of those wonderful things and, you know, get outside. She knew all those reasons. She was still stuck. And so the question was, what's keeping her from doing that? So we started to examine what were some of the thoughts she was having around making that decision as to whether or not to go or to procrastinate and put it off for later. And when we were able to shine that spotlight around those thoughts, then we were able to see what kinds of emotions she was feeling, what kinds of anxieties she was feeling, and what kinds of beliefs she was having about herself in that moment that was keeping her from actually taking action. And so it's almost like you get the athletic coach who can see that you've got the potential to do a pull-up, but you are just, your wrists are in the wrong orientation. And if you just tweak it by maybe five degrees, you might be able to pull up a little bit more. It's that kind of experience. I love that. And it's so true. And you've helped me a lot with that. So why is it though that we... Like, why do we, why do we get stuck? I know that's also a loaded question, but you know, through your years of doing this, what are the things that you really see people getting stuck on? Why is it that someone got stuck on? Okay. I know this is good for me, but I still can't do it. And I have even talked to you about that of almost like freezing. Like there's all these choices and I know that I can do this, or I know that this is a good decision or I'm going to do this next, but I still end up freezing or getting stuck. 
or, you know, not doing it, even though I know it's important. So why do you think that happens? And then um, what are some personal mindset blocks that you've also experienced too? Because obviously you knowing this is clear that you've overcome a lot of these things too. So what are those things that you've overcome? Okay. Remind me about the second question when we get there. I will. Um, the, the first question, why do we, why do we get stuck? Why does this happen? Yeah. I mean, 80,000 thoughts in a day, you can imagine how many times we put that stuff on repeat. So just like we are in the gym doing the reps, we are doing the reps in the thoughts that keep us stuck. So we build these habits and it's, mm-hmm. Until we shine that light on it to expose it, sometimes just having the awareness is the thing that allows us to get unstuck. Sometimes it goes a little bit deeper. It's beyond the thoughts. It's beliefs that we made in a moment where we made a decision either about ourselves or the world around us or about others in a split second when we were younger whether that's 10 years younger, when we were in childhood, like it kind of doesn't matter, but it gets formed into a belief. And when we have a belief around something, um, you know, for a long time, as an example, I've had a belief that I will never be able to do a pull-up, which is kind of crazy because the human body is pretty amazing. And if you train, (laughs) you probably get there, but I've just had that belief about my body and, um, you know, and I'm using a more simplistic type example, but, you know, having that belief prevents me from even having the thoughts of a possibility that is a different reality because I'm so focused on, I can't do it. So if I switch that around and start focusing on, well, what would allow me to do that? Or what could I do differently that could get me there? That's a whole other conversation. And I think a lot of times we get stuck because we're just in the habit and we're not aware of it, or we need to do a little bit deeper mindset work and try and figure out, okay, when was the decision that, that was made and what was more importantly, not when more importantly is what is the decision that was made? And is that decision really true? Or are there other possibilities that haven't even been explored? And sometimes just having somebody to help you explore other possibilities is exactly what you need to get you unstuck. I love that. Thank you. When one thing that came to mind when you're talking about that is um, like having these beliefs and one exercise that you've had me do is building that table. And Uh um, that's something that was so powerful. Would you be able to share what that is and maybe how that can help for people? Yeah. So um, the belief table or belief table exercise, um, the way that I've always described this, and I didn't make this up. I got this from, you know, coaches that I've had in the past and, and training that I've had. But, you know, if you imagine a tabletop, that is the belief. So I can't do a pull up is the belief. And um, the legs that hold that table up are all of the different bits of evidence that tell me that that belief is true. So I've tried pull ups with a personal trainer in the past, never been able to do it. Every time I try, I'm not able to do it. I never was able to do it as a child. Those are all the legs that I'm putting underneath it as the evidence to that tabletop. You can flip it on its head and start to work on a replacement belief. So, you know, using the same example, a replacement belief could be something like, I can do a pull-up and I can do it by the end of this year. 
And then I start looking for all of the different bits of evidence to start sticking underneath that table to support it and make it really strong. But instead of four legs, we want like a hundred legs and make yeah. it just <laughs> really, really stable. Right. Because my habitual thought is to always go to what I've experienced in the past that have been unable to do it. But if I start to look at evidence and, and see, well, gosh, you know, my friend Susan worked with a trainer and she was able to do a pull up. That's evidence that it's possible. Right. Yeah. Or if I look at, gosh, I've been able to bend my elbows from hanging from some rings, you know, that's evidence that it's possible and there's progression. So that's the belief table exercise is really, you know, taking a journal and writing down what is the belief that you want to reinforce and really challenging yourself to see if you can collect as many bits of evidence throughout each day that support that belief. And it's a really useful exercise. It is because it's practical too, because, you know, whatever belief I have, I am able to stop and pick up the evidence or the facts of like, no, I can like I did, I did five assisted pull-ups last week. So I'm, I'm making progress or, you know, oh, I, I know that I've been stronger with my pull downs, which means I'll be better at doing my pull-ups. So there's definitely, this is helpful and very practical for a lot of people because we all have those beliefs of things that we can't do or things that we want to do. And so building up those legs and making that table as strong as possible is very, very helpful. And I think helpful in the moment too, which is really important because once we are in that moment of, you know, um, being upset or feeling like we're not good enough, it's hard to kind of rationalize. And so this is something that's really practical and easy to do in those times. And I like to, um, remind everybody of that game I spy with my little eye Mm -hmm. right we've all played it it's the question is is are you spying for white cars or black cars it really doesn't matter it's just what are you looking for and what are you cataloging and we can play the same uh little game with these beliefs and make it fun if you will instead of, you know, making it a a chore, because I think sometimes people look at these exercises as a chore. And I like to make them fun. Yeah, I love that. Um, So I feel like this is another loaded question, Terea, but we'll give it a try. (laughs) Um, How does changing your mindset really affect your health? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier is that we now know in the in the science community, we now know that certain emotions have been mapped to a specific frequency. So a hertz, we've been able to measure it um, on the hertz scale. So we know what those frequencies are. We also know that within the body, the body has a lot of different electrical, electrical resonance frequencies as well. And so when we're just talking about the the frequencies and the energy frequencies of those it part of our mindset has to do with the emotions that we're feeling and i'm not saying that you know feeling frustrated or angry or sad or are bad things to feel i think those are very effective things to feel the question really is how long are we bathing our body in those frequencies so to speak Mm-hmm. Um, and so from a, an emotional standpoint and relating to our thoughts, we all know, um, but sometimes it takes calling it out. But when we have thoughts, 
along with those thoughts, we're having the resulting emotions of those thoughts. The I can't do a pull up is laced with disappointment in myself. Yes. Right. But yep. the possibility, the other flip side of like, this is totally possible is laced with excitement. So there's, there's this lacing of emotions. And so I think that mindset is such a key thing because we're now starting to trigger those emotions, which are triggering those chemical messengers in the body, which is triggering the nervous system, which allows our body to stay in a homeostasis or balanced state. Right. So that's why I think it's so related to health. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking if you think or pick out, you know, people who, you know, are successful or seem to really, you know, successful in whatever that means to you, but having good health or um, having stability or whatever it is they're typically people who have really good mindset practices too. You know, they'll share that or you can, they have a really nice routine that they follow. So you can see that this is correlated of people who are really focusing on this. This really does and can lead to better health. And you see, there's so many examples of it, but, and I know that I'm, you know, just one person, but I know that my health has definitely gotten better and consistently better since doing a lot of mindset stuff. And although I was a little resistant to it at first, because I was like, I don't see the connection. I just need, what supplements do I need to take? I now know it goes way beyond that. And this stuff that we do day in and day out really does affect our long-term health. And the reality is I'm listening to my thoughts all day long. And I have the choice of whether I let them land or they just kind of fly on by and let them go. And you were constantly scanning in that way. And the more that I become, the the stronger I am at really deciphering if this is one that I need to pay attention to or not, I can tell is directly affecting my health. And so I love that you brought that in and also explained how how it literally does trickle down into your biochemistry and how it really affects your health. Yeah. And I think an important thing that you mentioned there is that we have the choice. Yeah. We have the choice to pay attention to them or let them go by these thoughts that are, are going by. And, and part of what I wanted to make a distinction about is that I've seen a, a lot recently around toxic positivity. Okay. And, um, and that's a term that, you know, I think is really used when people are trying to force positivity into being and really trying to stuff the negativity. And that's not what I'm talking about, because I think that negative thoughts and negative emotions absolutely have a place. And I think that there's a proper way to acknowledge those and address them. Um, so it's not just a simple replacing so that we're focusing only on the positive. It's really an understanding of having that choice. Like you were saying, I mean, it's like you can have a negative thought and choose to, to focus on it, or you can choose to let it go, or you can choose to use it as a learning point to be able to change the way that you're approaching something. So I think there's a little bit of a distinction because there's a lot of people that are just like, Oh, buck up, stay positive. It's all good. And that's not exactly that does. Sometimes it can do a little bit more harm than good because really they're just like, don't even talk about the negative. I'm just going to sweep it under the rug. Everything's fine. What pandemic? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I think there's a, a real distinction between mindset 
and being able to work through some of these things and develop some of these things, but also acknowledging and being okay with the fact that we have these other emotions and thoughts and that there is no judgment one way or the other. I love that. And I do. I think that's so important to acknowledge those things that may be more negative and then figure out how you can work through that thing. Because I think a lot of times when you do just want to focus on positive, 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 those negative things don't necessarily go away and that can build. Um, You know, I've experienced that where I, I just push those things aside. I push it aside. I push it aside. And until you really address it, then you can't move on from that or work through it. So I love that you made that point. Um, I do try. And I think it's about too, like, what do I surround myself with? Like on social media, who Mm -hmm. do I follow? And obviously if you're following people who are continuously making you think those negative thoughts, you should probably do some cleaning up of your social media account. But there are people too, who it's that constant positivity. And if you're not in a place to see that, I think it's important to step back and say, okay, why am I feeling this and acknowledge that? So I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's a big thing going on right now, especially with everyone being, you know, still quarantined and and a lot of the social media stuff and, and absorbing that. I think that's so important. I think too, with social media, there is a tendency to put our best foot forward, which, which causes that like, uh, constant positivity state Mm -hmm. when the reality is, is that we all go back and forth between both sides of it, the positive and the negative and the in-between. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, when a lot of people bring up mindset, sometimes that's what they think of, oh, that person wants me to be positive all the time. And that's not necessarily the case. I think it's equally important. So, yeah. I think when you're saying that, I'm thinking back to when, you know, you were coaching me on a lot of my health stuff. And what one thing that I really appreciated was it was never like, you're wrong for feeling this way, or you're bad for feeling this way, or you should be looking at the positives rather than the negatives. It was very much allow yourself to feel the way that you feel, knowing that it's temporary because emotions are temporary. And let's look at maybe how we can prevent this in the future, or maybe work through it differently when it comes up again. And that was something that was really helpful. Because again, these things, we're always going to be going happy to unhappy or whatever emotion you want to call it, we're going to have these ebbs and flows. And so allowing yourself to go through that rather than feeling like I should always be positive. That's what mindset means. Well, we've just explained that that's not true. It's okay yeah. to go back and forth. Yeah. Um, and so Terea, what are like I'm thinking back to some of the things that you've done with me and I'm happy I'm, you're welcome to share that. But what are some of your favorite things that you can coach people on to shift mindset when you are feeling stuck in something? So whether it's a, a negative thought or a belief about yourself that might not be conducive, what are some of those tips that you give to people or ways or practices that you um, use with people to help them move from that state of mind? Great question. You know, I think with mindset coaching, it's, it's really just about asking questions. Um, it's, it's never about telling. Mm -hmm. Um, when I find myself making a statement and doing telling, I I recognize that I'm making a mistake. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. We're all human. Sometimes we like to give advice, but that's not what mindset coaching is. It's really asking questions and, um, the kinds of questions that we're asking is a really key, uh, technique, if you will. So 
a lot of times I'll be working with a client and ask them, you know, where do you feel stuck? And what inevitably comes flying out of their mouth is like, I don't know why I can't get this right. And I can't, I don't understand why I can't just, you know, do something a little bit different when this situation comes up. And I, I don't know why my body isn't responding. And if you listen to the language very closely, they're asking questions that are giving them answers to what is keeping them stuck right? I don't know why my body won't respond. They're asking for evidence for non-response. But if they ask the question differently, gosh, how is my body changing? How is it evolving? What's, what evidence is, is there is present of healing that's actually occurring? Those are completely different questions that are going to help them seek answers and evidence for this actually, this transformation that's actually happening for them. So, you know, I think a lot of my job as a mindset coach is really just paying attention to language and helping that client use a little bit different language to get completely different answers. Yeah. And you've done that so much with me and just the coaching that I've observed from you as well is asking those questions. And I love how you, it's basically reframing the question or just you know, switching up the question or the statement. And that's something that we don't really, it's so subtle that we say the things that we say. Um, and you've picked up a lot of words or vocabulary that I've used that I didn't even realize I was using. And it's stopped me. And now I'm a lot more conscious of it. And I think, okay, how is this actually affecting me by using this word without me really thinking about it? So you've helped me become a lot more conscious of the types of words that I use and the meaning that I place on them. And that's been very, very helpful. And also just helpful in me with interactions with other people, right? Like my friends, my family, I I can now see things differently or pause and question like, hmm, I wonder why they're thinking that way or where that's coming from. Whereas before I might be more inclined to react on that instead of stopping and questioning. Um, and that's something too, that you've helped in. I'd love for you to expand on another concept that I've learned from you and that you share a lot is curiosity. That is mm-hmm. something that you have really embedded in me. And I'm so thankful to you for that. And I hear you say that a lot of, you know, have that curiosity. So why is that important? And how does that play a role in a lot of this mindset stuff? You know, it's interesting. I picked that up from a coach many, many years ago. In fact, when I was first doing coaching training, um, she said, you know what the cool thing about curiosity is? I'm like, no, I have no idea what the cool thing about curiosity is. She said, it's because there, when you're in a state of curiosity, there's no room for judgment. Mm-hmm. And that just landed with me because it, it made me realize that, um, you know, in, in certain emotional states that we experience, it also means that we're unable to experience other emotional states. So it's, it's kind of similar to, um, (laughs) the analogy is training a puppy, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to jump up on you. If you have them trained to sit, they physically are not going to be able to jump up on you from a sitting position unless you've got a really dexterous dog. <laughs> so the the idea is that you train in a habit that 
it physically disallows something else from occurring. And so when I heard that around the curiosity piece is that I realized how much of this mindset stuff is me really grappling with my own self-critique and self-judgment. And if I am in a place of curiosity, then I can't be simultaneously judging myself. So it allows me to step out of that self-critique role, which I'm so skilled at, by the way, (laughs) um, and really get into a place of being curious. And when we're curious, we're looking for what's possible. What am I going to learn? You know, I'm curious what, what color is this flower going to turn out to be? You know, we start to really um, have a more, I guess, loving attitude towards ourselves if we can also place some curiosity around it. So that's why I love using curiosity as one of those mindset or emotional coaching examples. Yeah, that's been so helpful. And Alexis is nodding along as well, listening, because it's so it's such a simple thing that we don't think about. And back to the example that we've been using with the pull up, you know, instead of saying like, oh, I'm never going to get this, or why can't I get this? I'm curious how long it's going to take me to do it. Or I'm curious what other exercises I can do to strengthen that muscle. Or I'm curious what other things that I can do um, to help me get there faster, you know, or with me, um, I have a belief a lot that, you know, I'm not good enough, or I'm not able to complete this perfectly. And so switching that to, I wonder what are some things that I can control now that are going to help me get there? Or I'm curious what I am able to do today that will help me get there in several weeks. So that's been very helpful. And also curiosity of like, hmm, I wonder why I believe that about myself. That's been monumental for me Mm -hmm. of I really wonder where that belief started or and like you said, that doesn't always matter. But just recognizing and saying, hey, I wonder why I'm why I feel this way or what is triggering me. That's been very helpful in a lot of situations. Yeah. And it's interesting because, Abby, what I've observed you do is shift from somebody who has a thought and a belief about themselves and it's concrete and final to somebody who is now asking so many more questions that a whole different world is opening up to you. And that's what I see with mindset and the possibility that it has with accelerating somebody's healing protocol, if you will. You know, during my healing period, which turned out to be multiple years, but, you know, (laughs) in, in that process, I had been bogged down by a lot of shame around getting sick in the first place. I had picked up early on that it w- that the way that I was eating was contributing to my disease, that somehow I had been fully responsible for it. Um, and I became very ashamed. And I stopped talking about it to friends and family. And it wasn't until... I was able to shine a light on that emotion and really understand that part of my thinking and my emotional feelings around this disease was contributing to me staying where I was and not really healing fully. It wasn't until I started investigating that and getting curious around it and how could that be different And what if I wasn't ashamed of it? What if I started talking to my friends about this 
and acknowledging, you know, part of this emotion that I've been feeling. And when I did that, things started to shift at a biological level so dramatically mm-hmm. that that's when I knew that I was onto something with it. Okay, it's not just healing the body. There's also some mind stuff. And then, of course, that led me later into some spiritual soul work, too. You know, And, and so it really encompasses that when we're trying to heal a disease or, or anything, any other kind of chronic illness that we need to address it from the whole perspective of the human being and not just from one perspective. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that some changes you've seen for me, because it's so hard when I'm in my body and my mind all day (laughs) long to really see any progress. So I appreciate that. And same thing like you shared in your healing journey and how you approach it from curiosity and that non-judgmental view, you know, same thing with me recently. I've been, you know, I've come to you like, man, these things still aren't improving or my antibodies are still higher. What's going on? And in, instead of having that judgmental piece, you've taught me to just say, I just haven't turned over that stone yet. And I wonder what that's going to be. And I wonder if I'll find it. But in the meantime, I can still do what I'm doing um, because I've definitely had way better progress than I would have if I wasn't doing the things that I'm doing. So that's, again, another example of how you've been able to help me and how other people now will be able to be, be helped through this conversation of you just haven't gotten there yet, or it's okay that you're not there yet, but you still have made progress here. And so having that openness and that curiosity has played such a big role um, with my healing. So thank you for that. So Terea, what else, what can we do on a daily or weekly basis to strengthen our mindset? So I wholeheartedly love, love, love any kind of gratitude practice. Um, Cultivating gratitude is one of those areas that we are training our body to shift into a different emotional state, but also a different um, neurological state and, you know, helping us to start get start to get that curiosity going. Um, So gratitude, some kind of gratitude practice is something that I think is essential for a lot of people, especially when they're um, faced with the kind of challenges that we're faced today. I think it's um, something that can really help balance out. Let's just face it, this uh, shit show that we're in, you know what I mean? So, (laughs) um, you know, and it's, it's not easy when you get news that somebody lost somebody to the pandemic. And it's not easy when, you know, on top of a pandemic, you're dealing with wildfires or whatever you're dealing with, crazy snowstorms. Um, and so having a gratitude practice is usually where I have people start is focusing in on gratitude. And if they haven't done it before, I usually recommend that they just start by writing a list of three things in the morning and three things in the evening that they're grateful for. And if they've had a gratitude practice or they've been writing gratitude out for a long period of time, then I up-level it by saying, um, you know, not only do you want to include others and things in your life that you're grateful for, but also something about yourself that you're grateful for. And get to a place in the gratitude practice of where you're feeling the emotion as opposed to checking it off the to-do list, which is where I was for a very long period of time. Like, okay, gratitude's done, check. Okay, you know, not really shifting into emotion. Well, uh, obvious because you're not really feeling it. So you're not going to shift into that emotion. So there's a couple different components, but I would say it all starts with gratitude. 
Yeah. What what does your gratitude practice look like now today? So now it's really, you know, I become aware of me waking up from sleep. Sometimes my eyes are open. Sometimes they're still closed. But when I'm aware that I'm awake, I really start to focus in what am I grateful for right now in this moment. And I try and not get out of bed without actually feeling that feeling of gratitude. And some, some days it's, it's harder than others. So I start with the basics of like, I'm grateful that I even have a pillow to put my head on right now. Um, sometimes it's other things where I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to talk to three clients today. Um, so it it really depends on the day. Sometimes I'm just grateful that, you know, it's cold outside and I get to snuggle with my family right now. Um, you know, so it, it really depends, but I try and do it, uh, inside my head quietly, silently, silently until I feel the emotion in my heart. And I do that before I go to bed. And I do that before, before I get out of bed. So that's what it looks like now. I love that. It's just so simple. It's just, you know, the simple things that we, we just overlook day to day because we are so busy or we're moving from one thing to the next and just Mm -hmm. having that reminder of, man, I love my pillow. I'm so thankful for my (laughs) pillow. I'm so thankful that I have fuzzy slippers I can wear. Right. Like it's just those simple things that we just, we, I don't know if we take advantage, but we just overlook because Mm -hmm. of how busy we can get. Absolutely. Yeah. Terea, thank you so much. This has been so helpful and this has been such a great start to the week because, (laughs) you know, I love talking to you and it's just so helpful to now to hear it again. And then also to have you share it with everybody as well. And I know Alexis has enjoyed this as well. You know, us being together, I can, we definitely know, I can see that this has been very impactful for both of us. And so in each episode, as you know, we give a health challenge of the week. So would you please provide us with a mindset challenge to work on for this week? Um, I think the challenge would be to up-level your gratitude practice. Okay. Um, so the, you know, like I said, so anybody who hasn't started with a gratitude practice, just start simple, write it down on a piece of paper or post-it note and just see if you can come up with three things, even with, without judgment, right? Because this is where our brain gets really, really tricky. It's like, oh, I don't have anything big enough to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And we stop. But it can be as simple as I'm grateful for the oxygen and the air that I'm breathing right now. Like just think about the, or I'm grateful that I have socks on my feet because it's a little bit cold today. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. But if you haven't started, start. That's the challenge. If you've already started, see if you can up level it and also start including something about yourself. Because that was a really interesting challenge that I got from a coach a number of years ago. It's like, it's great that you're doing this gratitude practice, but it's really interesting that you don't ever have anything about yourself that you're grateful for. So true. <laughs> mind blowing of like, Oh, you're right. You know? And it, it of course my self critic came in as like, why, why would I be grateful for myself? I don't like the things that I do, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was an interesting ch- challenge for me. And it took a little while for me to get more comfortable with doing that, but the, there was a lot of growth there. And then, you know, if you've already got that down, then I'd say really focus in on cultivating the emotion of it. Because that's really what the gratitude practice is about. It's not about the lists. It's not about checking off the to-dos. 
you know, of the right gratitude done check. It's not about that. It's about feeling the emotions. So focusing on the emotion pieces, in my opinion, the ultimate. So wherever you're at, your challenge this week is to up level. Yes. We love it. All right. Challenge accepted. I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? So Everyone, you heard the challenge. We want to know how you are challenging yourself with this. So up-leveling or starting your mindset practice. We will be sharing how we're doing that as well on our social media. So be sure to follow us there. Terea, thank you so much. This has been so, so helpful. Like I said, this is going to really impact a lot of people. And I appreciate you taking the time to do it all the way from California. Um, You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, you've been so helpful. And we're so excited for people to hear this. To close us out, can you let people know how they can get a hold of you, um, what your practice is, if you, you know, what that looks like so that if they have any questions or are interested in working with you, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, great question. So um, my website is TereaRodriguez.com and I'm assuming you guys have some show notes so that you can yes, spell yes. it out for people. Yeah, um, we'll put that in there. Get the correct spelling. Um, yes. So I've got my website at TereaRodriguez.com. I'm also very active. Um, I've got a Facebook group that's free. Um, for women who are dealing with chronic illness or autoimmune. So you can always find me over there. I'm in that group a couple times a week. And you can certainly reach out to me um, either through my website or through Facebook or Instagram. I definitely respond to direct messages, even though I don't post very often. (laughs) But DMs are always open. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Terea. We look forward to talking to you some more. And for everyone who's listening, let us know how you're doing in your challenge. Make sure you follow Alexis and I. Alexis is at Absolute Kinetics PT on Instagram, and I am at Holistically Restored on Instagram. So let us know how you're challenging yourself with mindset. And if you have any questions or would like to get a hold of Terea, we'd love to hear from you. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much, Terea. Thank you. Bye. Bye.